pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 167. Today I'm going to chat with Wesley from Super Essay Straps, discuss the latest election results, highlight a new charging handle from X2 Development Group, and talk about a woman who posed as a prosecutor to get out of jail. I am your host, Ava Flannell, and Wesley, how are you doing today? Pretty good, Ava. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. Do you work out at all? I try to when I can. A little bit more into hiking and running than hitting the gym. Yeah. Well, I just joined another gym and I noticed right before COVID, I was in the best shape of my life and then COVID hit and then I've just been slacking, lost all motivation. So the other day I was taking pictures for a calendar. Actually, guys, it's a nice little plug. If you guys want a gun funny calendar, there's the gun bunny edition, which is pretty funny. And then just the regular Ava Flanell calendar. You can get that at gunfunny.com. But I was taking pictures and I noticed I kind of feel like I'm getting a little, I mean, not fat, but I'm starting to gain some weight. So I was like, that's it. Went home, threw out all my junk food and joined another gym. And now I'm hoping to do about six classes a week. But I got to say, yesterday I did a class that I probably should not have been in this class. It was called Combat Something. And we're doing like cleans or whatever, where we put the bar yeah. over our head. And I went from bar to this. <laughs> Anyways, I feel like I got hit by a bus today. But that aside, before we get into it, let's talk about Smith & Wesson. Wesley, I'm sure that you're familiar with Smith & Wesson, unless you live under a rock. Even people who aren't even into guns have probably heard about Smith & Wesson. Do you own any of their firearms? Yeah, it's kind of a staple in the industry. And yeah, I do have one. I've got the M&P 1522. Kind oh, nice. of a little plinkster, but it's that the AR style one. Yeah. Nice. Do you use that for your children, for you? It's definitely a fun little gun. Yeah. Even though it's a 22 that it's shooting, it's great for practice, really. We go out to our cabin. We've got a little range on our cabin. It's, it's not a, a long range. I think it's 250 yards. Mm -hmm. But We'll bring that out there to kind of conserve on ammo when we still just want to do some shooting. It's still strong enough to hit the steel targets and make them react. So it's a fun one to shoot. And it's got that uh, Picatinny rail on the side. So sometimes I'll put a flashlight or whatever if I'm trying to mix things up a little bit on the side there. Nice. Yeah, especially with ammo prices right now, 22, if you are hitting the range, 22 is the way to go. If you can find 22, but at least that's still kind of affordable. You're not paying 60 cents around for it. Huh. Nine millimeter. <laughs> I, it's getting closer though. I, just I know some of the the, rat, the 22s and I think 23 cent a piece was the cheapest I saw online that was actually right. in stock. Dang, that is insane. Literally everything has tripled in price across yeah. the board. Ugh, that is so crazy. I would not spend that much on 22. I'm so glad we're going to talk about prepping, but I'm so glad that I was smart enough to prep beforehand and buy a bunch of ammo before all this hit. Not because I saw it coming, but hey, you could never have enough ammo and this pretty much just solidifies my stance on that. So if you guys want to check out Smith & Wesson, head on over to smith-wesson.com. Tactic Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. Okay, Wesley. So before we start talking about Super Essay Straps, 
tell me about yourself and how you got started into this industry. Okay. So I guess I'll kind of discuss how I got uh, Super SE started in, it, in itself. Is that kind of what you're looking for? Yeah. Well, so what even got you started into prepping and did you have any jobs that led up to this or when was the first time that you actually decided, hey, prepping's important? Just stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I come from a military background. I was in active duty for four years. And that's the reason I asked, because actually the whole prepping thing kind of came from my creation of the company. I've I've always been outdoorsy. I've hiked a good portion of the Appalachian Trail, but it took a while for that kind of outdoorsy nature to shift into the the prepping in itself. And that kind of formed from me making these paracord bracelets for my team while I was deployed downrange. It was kind of like a morale booster. And so I made these bracelets and I passed them out to my team. And I ended up making one for myself that I put like a flashlight and different things in. And when I got back stateside, I went to one of those like Facebook prepper groups because mm-hmm. I, I was a member of a few of them, but it wasn't like a hardcore thing like where you know I'm studying and keeping up with current events to see, make sure I'm, I'm prepped for whatever's coming up. But I shared a photo of that bracelet on one of them and I got like a hundred comments. People want me to make them for them. And from there, I started making this actual company where I got four, five, six, a hundred orders for bracelets. And it was kind of from that, I kind of became a prepper because I started seeing what was happening in the world and wanting to take precautions before things happen. And that whole concept of carrying supplies on your person, having that prepared mindset where if you need a knife to cut a box open, you've got it. But if you need a knife for protection, you've also got that on your person. Mm -hmm. First off, thank you for your service. I really appreciate it. Second, I want to know, how did you fit a flashlight into a bracelet? I think at first it was like a little key fob style flashlight that I kind of ranger band to it. Like a a ranger band is like a little rubber band, basically. Mm -hmm. But then I actually found a little buckle that had a flashlight built into it. Hmm. So by flashlight, it's actually a buckle, like a a push button LED light on there. Nice. That's pretty cool. It's bright enough if you have to take notes at night. Like I'm a law enforcement officer. So if I'm having to get someone's name or whatever, it's nice to have that light on your wrist where you can just tap it real quick and it just illuminates your notepad. Or if you drop your keys while you're getting in your car, you can shine it into the foot. So it's just for those small little tasks. It's obviously not for shining out and reaching into the wood line or something. Yeah, definitely. How long ago was this that you started this business? I started it in 2014, early 2014. Okay. Because there is quite a few people out there that were making similar bracelets, but it always starts with the trendsetters and then everybody else kind of just makes some quick knockoffs. What would you say is the difference between yours and the other people that probably just got their stuff from China? That's one thing I was going to mention. Our supplies, we try to all source them from here in the States and even our buckles, we have another uh, American made company that makes our buckles for us. So we're not like going on eBay and buying cheap buckles in stock and then rebranding it. Mm -hmm. But the other thing is we have more items in our bracelet than any other company that makes bracelets and we have them accessible. So we we try to avoid the whole idea of, you know, how people put uh, survival gear inside like the actual paracord weaving. Mm -hmm. We do that as well, but we try to think of what items might you you utilize the most. So we try to put those on the outside. So obviously, if you need a handcuff key to escape illegal detention, you're not having to break your bracelet apart to get to it. That's on the outside. Hmm. 
Hmm. So you being in law enforcement, how do you feel about having a handcuff key in those bracelets? Uh, I have no issue with it. We In a nearby town, we had like seven home invasions, including two of them where the, the guys that broke in actually used handcuffs on the victims. And that was in a, a one-year span here in North Carolina. So there are scenarios where you can be handcuffed illegally. Yeah. And, and that's that's what it's for. And since mm-hmm. all these handcuff keys, they're already for sale out there anyway by everybody online. We want to provide it to the folks that actually need it for, you know, surviving situations like that. You've got these folks that operate overseas doing different operations for our government and they can come across situations where they be kind of picked up and need to escape some illegal detention over there from in a third world country or something. Yeah. Let's go over all the products that are in this bracelet. Um, so we have quite a few bracelets, actually, and they're named different things. The bug out bracelet is one of the bracelets we make, and it's going to have a fire starter in it. It's got a ceramic razor blade. It's got a glow light. It's got fishing kit. It has actually 30 different things, so I won't go down the whole list and name everything, but it has 30 items in it. We've themed different bracelets where it'll fit different people's needs. So if you're more into camping, we've got one that'll cover just kind of the basics of camping. But if you're more into having just various tools like a pry bar, flashlights, or seatbelt cutters, we have bracelets for that as well. So I would just tell people, you know, go to the website at superessiestraps.com and just look at the bracelets and see what kind of fits your needs. Yeah, definitely. What does Super Essie mean? It's a Latin word for to survive or to be the last one remaining. Hmm, I like it. It's pretty cool. All right. So moving forward from that, why do you think that it's important for people to prep? Well, you kind of look at the situation that we've all went through this year between COVID and also the civil unrest that's breaking out in all these high population areas, these larger cities. We've all of a sudden needed masks. You know, we've all of a sudden needed food to be able to last for a couple of weeks. Even basic things like as funny as it is the whole toilet paper crisis. It's like, don't even you, get never me really, you don't know what people are going to deem important. And suddenly certain things that you wouldn't think you'd have to even prep or stock up on could be gone. So I, I think this year in itself is kind of an eye awakening year for most people mm-hmm. to realize they do need to prep, even if it's not like this doomsday survival stuff. It's, you know, realistic prepping, practical prepping. Yeah, definitely. Did you hear that the whole toilet paper thing and cleaning wipes and stuff that that's on its second round? It's coming back. Yeah. Guys, if you're listening, I'm looking out for my listeners. Go out and get your toilet paper because if you're like me, you reach a certain age. Hey, you know what? I'm making a certain amount of money. I don't have to buy that cheap stuff, that two ply, (laughs) whatever. I'm Charmin all the way. And yeah, actually, what's funny is I went to Costco the other day to get my typical Charmin toilet paper. (laughs) And the only stuff that was left was the cheap stuff. And I'm like, I'm not doing it. So I got on Amazon and ordered some, but I'm just like, really, guys, why? You'd think they'd learn their lesson the first time. This is the least of our worries. So stop hoarding it because you're interfering with people that just buy it every couple of months or whatever. Oh, yeah. But I do think that this year has been really eye-opening for a lot of people. And I think not just with prepping, but also people that were anti-gun that were like, no, well, the cops are going to save us. And now suddenly they're like, oh, well, maybe we do need a gun. I've been training a lot of those people. The people that are like, why do you need 10,000 rounds? Like, that's ridiculous. (laughs) Well, now jokes on them. But I think that there's obviously, like you said, there's lots of different levels of prepping. There's prepping where if you have a family or you just want the basic necessities, if 
let's say you get snowed in, you have to survive a few days without food. Maybe the electric goes down, you don't have heating, stuff like that. And then there's the kinds that people say that they're a little extreme and they have the hidden underground bunkers. And stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I may or may not know some people like that. <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts on the extreme preppers? I don't think there's that many of them as that whole show, the doomsday preppers made it out to be, but some of them do have kind of a mental issue as far as like, it's more, they're more like hoarders. Yeah. But for people that are kind of overly prepping, like they're not crazy, but you do know them. Like you say, we each know someone that's kind of gone a little overboard with it. I don't know. I think they may be the smart ones one day where we're all coming to them for help, you know? Yeah, I know. Just like the whole ammo thing. We're laughing now. Ah, they're mental. And then, hey, sorry for what we said. Can we hang out in your bunker? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. For someone who's looking to be more prepared for adverse conditions, what do you recommend that they do? How do they go about learning skills that they need? Because there's a lot to be learned. A lot of this stuff isn't just common sense. Yeah, there is. And you'll never learn everything. But I guess the first step is sitting down and doing the whole planning phase, planning through doing risk assessments, thinking about where you live geographically, and what risks are in that area. Like, is your house in a neighborhood that 10 years ago, there was a mass flood? Do you live in an area where maybe there's other kind of natural disasters that it's prone to certain things where there'd be near the coast where hurricanes may come in? Just learn the history of the town you live in and make plans based off your geographical location. And then you want to make plans based off of current and past events that things that maybe are happening right now, like we just mentioned earlier, civil unrest, plan for that prospect of maybe having to leave the city if it does get worse. So the first step is planning and doing that risk assessment. And then you just kind of go down the line and you think about, well, what will I need to survive? What do I need to know to survive? So if something happens, do I know how to provide you know, basic first aid? If I have to use a weapon, can I honestly and efficiently use this weapon to stop the threat? Mm-hmm. And then just look at your deficiencies. And every time you have some opportunity, work on it, whether it's actually getting out to the range to shoot or looking at a YouTube video of how to do CPR. It may not be you going to some Red Cross sponsored place and learning CPR because your time and different things like that may not allow it. but Do what you can to improve your skills and you'll figure out what your deficiencies are as you start that whole planning phase. Yeah, definitely. And then I guess I didn't even think about this, but there's a bunch of different emergency scenarios that people prep for. Some of them are just to get home. Some are them to bug out quickly and some are, I'm never coming home. What do I do? Kinds of scenarios. So what are some of the different conditions that you should plan for in each and how do you prepare differently for them? So ideally, all your planning, your number one goal should be to get home. We don't want to just immediately think, oh, if things are going bad, let's bug out. No, home is where you want to go. It's your safe space. It's the place you're most familiar with. You know how to get there from most locations, whether you've gone out to the grocery store or you're at work. You always know how to get home. And that's where you already have your supplies. That's where other family members may come looking for you. So in most scenarios that I've been thinking of, home is still going to be the best place to go. This isn't for everybody. You know, you may live in an apartment, a high-rise apartment in New York City or some other location where the event has actually occurred in your city and your home is in the heart of it. That'll change things. But for the most part, you want to go home and you want to make sure your family 
they're all aware of that plan. Think about the concept of if maybe you're at work, let's say you're a married family, you've got two kids. Let's say you're at work and your spouse is, I don't know, at work as well, but then you've got a kid that's in middle school, you've got another kid that's in high school. What's the plan? You know, if something happens, everyone needs to get home when you're released from work. Who's picking up the kid in middle school and who's picking up the kid in high school? Think about how you're all going to get back home and and have all that planned out in advance. Yeah, definitely. And one of the things that I've always questioned was typically I would assume that if something happens, we don't know the scenario, but some people will have to leave their home. And so at that point, it's like, well, how much ammo can you carry on you and just supplies in general? And so I always thought, yeah, it sounds great to have 10,000 rounds in your safe, but at the end of the day, it's not like you can really carry that with you. So you also have to be picky and choosy as to what you can manage to carry. And that's not including the other necessities like food and I don't know. Let's face it. If the end of the world comes, I'm not really making it. I don't know how to do this whole prepping (laughs) thing. I'm going to take a quick break. Talk about SB Tactical real quick. If you've got an AK pistol, you need to check out the TF-1913 brace if you don't have one. It's a side-folding brace designed to look just like a triangle AK stock, and it really gives you the same look and feel. It has a good solid retention when folded. You can shoot it folded and it won't flop around, but it's very quick to flip out and lock solidly in the fully deployed position. So you can shoot it folded and it won't flop around. It's one of the most popular braces for the AKV, but it's just as good on normal AKs, the Draco, the M92, whatever you happen to have. Check it out. Don't forget to use the code GUNFUNNY15. That gets you 15% off. And that is at sb-tactical.com. One of the things that I did think about recently is the whole thing that happened with Kyle Rittenhouse in Wisconsin. And yeah, yeah, and so figured that's a small little dinky town. Kind of like I think, oh, I live in Colorado Springs. It's fairly small. All of this stuff, the civil unrest is happening in these large cities. I'm fine. But it just goes to show that something could happen and suddenly now there's a bunch of riots just right outside your house. Mm -hmm. And here, oh, I have guns. I loaded my magazines. But to what extent, like, should I have a bug out bag, something ready that I could just grab if I have to leave my house quickly? And it kind of makes you rethink. I stupidly had that mindset. Yeah, I don't live in a big city. We're fine. It's not going to happen here. It's taking place in the larger cities. And so what would you recommend? If you had to pack something where you just had to pick it up and go, what would you recommend putting in that bag? So my first point to your ammo thing, in the military, the standard loadout would be seven times what your weapon can carry. Basically, if you have a a weapon that has a 30-round magazine, then the soldier would carry 210 rounds. So use that concept of seven times. Bring seven times the amount of ammo that the magazine used to go in that weapon hold. And then I would imagine that you just, as you're going through, you kill people and steal their ammo and their guns. <laughs> I mean, that's my plan. Well, there you go. <laughs> that's what I it, see in the video games, right? You kill them, you take their ammo, because you can only carry so much. So when you start running out. Yeah, you just got to hold the X button as you go across the body <laughs> to pick up whatever's dropped. Yeah. You know, if, if you were defending yourself or others legally and you need to keep moving, yeah, grab what they've got and keep moving. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, as far as what you want to put in a bag or when you will bug out. So, yeah, let's say things have gotten so bad at the house that you do have to bug out. Maybe let's let's just talk about the civil unrest like you mentioned. 
I'm still going to go home in all in almost all scenarios because I do I don't I don't live in a huge population area. But when I start seeing riots come into my neighborhood, or I hear of something a little bit more than a mailbox getting knocked over from the riot or the protesters that went through my neighborhood, when things start getting like you know rocks thrown at windows, that's when I'm like, okay, it's time to bug out from here. So once you've determined your house is unsafe, you do need to bug out. But we've got to. I'm trying to shake the concept of bug out bags where it's like. Okay, everybody, put your bug out bags. We're walking through the woods and we're going to go and make our own like shelter over here. That's not how it's going to happen. Most likely, we're going to be bugging out in our vehicle. Do I sound right to say that we're most going to bug out? I mean, vehicle? I don't know. All I know is just stuff that I typically see in the movies and they're usually in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I try, I try to shake that whole concept. We're going to bug out in our vehicle unless we're bugging out after an EMP or something ridiculous. Yeah. Over a long-term gas shortage. So my idea is keep your vehicle always ready with basic stuff. Yeah, you're going to have another bag of stuff you're going to throw into it when you actually have to bug out from home. But if we go ahead and make sure we have some extra ammo in our vehicle, we have a flashlight, we have hand warmers, we have the water filter, just basic stuff that you would use in a survival scenario, just keep them in a, in a little duffel bag or in the trunk of your car and always have it there so in case there's a roadside emergency or whatever happens. You've already got some supplies anyway, but Mm -hmm. it also helps if we do have to bug out. We're not having to maybe forget something that we want to bring with us because we're in a hurry. We've already at least got some things to fall back on in our car. We can just grab our bug out bag, throw it in the back of the truck, and we can get out of here. So think of your bug out uh, loadout as being your everyday carried items you already have on you, also being the items that are in your vehicle, and then being that final bag that we've mentioned a couple of times. So that's the bug out bag. It's a combination of things. So I think your question was what would go in it, right? Mm-hmm. So we'll look at the basics. So water, we've, we've got to be able to either have water with us or filter water. So I'm not saying anyone has to carry a hundred gallons of water, but have a few water bottles, have at least 32 ounces of water and then have water filters or water purification tablets, bring enough food for three meals for each person. So if you're packing your own bag, you want to have enough meals in there, about 6,000 calories. And then, of course, the same sort of food for everybody in your family. So if you have four people bugging out, try to think about how you're packing your bags. You know, you don't want to necessarily pack four different tents, you know, so not everyone is going to need a a tent in their bag. Mm -hmm. So pack smartly and cohesion with your family. Mm -hmm. Think about fire starting. Yeah, a ferro rod is what all these bushcraft and everybody talks about, and they're a good thing to fall back on. So yeah, have a ferro rod, but also have like 10 Bic lighters. You can never have enough Bic lighters. That's the ultimate survival fire starter, and they're super cheap. Mm-hmm. Think about your hygiene and first aid. Make sure you have an IFAC in there, an individual first aid kit with a tourniquet. There should be no reason for people in our day and age to be driving around or going to the range or doing anything without having a tourniquet on them. Mm -hmm. If you can carry a weapon, you can carry a tourniquet with you. So make sure that's part of your bug out bag and make sure it's on the outside of your bag. Is that pretty good preaching to say we should all have tourniquets? Oh yeah, absolutely. In fact, two guests before we talked about all kinds of medical stuff and that you're more likely to have to administer aid on somebody than you would be to shoot somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. You got to stop that bleed. Yeah. Also, what about medicine? Because I would imagine just even basic stuff. Well, not even basic stuff. I'm not saying like Tylenol, but 
let's say you do get sick and you have an infection. It's crazy because I always think back to, let's say, caveman days. And it's crazy how far we've come because me, for example, I'm super blind unless I wear my contacts or my glasses. Well, that probably would not let me survive. If I had bad vision, I'm not going to get very far. And it's something as stupid as that. Or the minute you have to have your wisdom teeth pulled out because it caused a really big infection, well, that could kill you back in the day. I always think about how much antibiotics really do help for us to survive. They really do. And medicine is important. Since you said glasses, I would make sure I point out that in your bug out bag, you should have at least another pair of glasses, if not two, kind of in a a tough case, Mm -hmm. because that is something we could come across. If things start going crazy, you're not going to be able to get to the doctor, to the obstetrician, whatever the word is. Obstetrician. Yeah. Opto. There you go. Yeah. See, now you messed me up if you ask me that. (laughs) I murdered it. But yeah, I mean, think about these other things where what's going to be closed when things go bad and how long will you be all right with just the glasses or just the contacts in your eyes before they break or you have to replace them or something. Yeah. As far as three meals per person. Okay, cool. That's great. But hanger is real. I think after three meals, I feel like you'd have to bring so much more really depending on the situation. Okay, well, don't eat everything in this meal. We're going to have to save some of it. But up until then... I don't know, maybe some seasoning. Maybe it's safe to assume you should probably bring some seasoning in case you have to bring go hunting. Salt and pepper. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, but of course you're you're not like bugging out into the woods. Your 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 bug out is always you have a, a set rally point you're going to, whether it be, you know, grandma's house or your cousin John or your college buddy from back in the day who you you've talked to in advance of this scenario and said, Hey man, if anything ever goes bad, can we come to your house? I know you're out here in this area and this rural location. And you make these plans in advance. And he's like, yeah, come anytime. We've got an extra room. And like, actually make sure it's verified more than just kind of that joking back and forth. You have places that you can go to on all four sides, on all compass directions. So if you have to go north, if you have to go south, you have friends or family. That That's what we're bugging you out to. And that's why we're not bringing a million cans of beans and ramen noodles. We're going to someone's family who was already aware that we would be coming to their house. And they've made those preparations. So. You won't go hangry for long. Yeah, that makes sense. Here I'm just thinking like zombie apocalypse or coronavirus apocalypse or depending on how the elections go, which I think the show actually comes out after election. So just know, guys, my shows are pre-recorded, but I'm predicting that whoever wins, regardless, there's going to be some riots. And what if they happen everywhere? And now where do we go? Yeah, I'm waiting to see what's going to happen. Like you said, this will come out afterwards, but. Who knows, there may be some extra days before we actually find out who's won. And it's interesting to see what will happen. I mean, I, I think it gets pushed to the wayside what's already happening in like Philadelphia right now with all the riots and it's going crazy. So make sure you do have multiple places to go. But I do want to mention you talked about antibiotics. Um, you'll have a second to mention some stuff about that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, if things go bad, think about the whole concept of medicine and infections and things like that. I actually came across this company called Duration Health where they can do like a a telehealth meeting and they can prescribe you medication for conditions and issues you don't even have yet. It's actually kind of a prepping doctor Hmm. and he can do like not just him, but many people can prescribe you in advance for something you don't have. So if if you think you're going to be out hiking and maybe you might get an infection from cutting your foot or something, you could actually literally already have antibiotics for that specific injury and that type of infection. 
Interesting. Um, so it's, it's called emergency preventative medicine, and you can actually get prescription medication in advance. So stock up as much as you can. You know, a lot of this stuff will expire within a year or two, but some medication could actually last up to 15 years. I'm, I'm writing a worst case scenario first aid guide as I speak, basically. Just before I came on the show with you, I was finishing it up, but it should be publishing later this month, maybe in two more weeks. So if you are interested about the whole medical aspect of survival, when there is no hospital, there is no ambulance coming your way, that's what this guide's going to be about. So keep an eye out for that soon too. And it's called emergency and preventative medicine or just emergency preventative? Emergency preventative medicine. All right. I'm searching for it right now. And that's the URL or? No, the company I work with that uh, actually sent me some, my prescription came through Duration Health. So Duration Health, that's the easiest way to, to look it up and go from there for that. Do they prescribe any of the good stuff? They don't do pain medicine, if that's what you're asking. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding yeah. for the record. <laughs> uh-huh. But that's actually good to know because I always thought about that. So sometimes if I have a cold or there's been times where they prescribe me an antibiotic and it just didn't work for whatever yeah. I had. But I typically don't throw away medicine. I know you're supposed to, whatever antibiotic, you're supposed to take it until you're done. But sometimes midway or after only taking two pills, they'll switch it. And so I know that stuff can expire, but I'd like to think that maybe it's better than nothing. You'll see in my guide, for the most part, I do believe it's also better than nothing because as long as you're taking the right medication, even if it's a little bit expired, all you're mainly going to lose is the potency of it. Yeah. Where it's just not going to be quite as effective as a fresh dose that wasn't expired. You very rarely, not always, but you very rarely will get sick or ill from a medication that's expired. Yeah, that's what I figured. All right, good. What are your thoughts on survival caches? Yeah, these are those like pre-positioned boxes or pods that you could like put in the ground or literally if you're in the city, you could pull a brick out of a wall and, you know, hide some spare cash or a key to your house in there. So a cache is just any sort of bag or object that can conceal or hide extra supplies. And it's not always like survival supplies. It could just be a key to your apartment or it could be a credit card or something. That's pre-positioned either along your bug out route. If you are trying to go to grandma's house in Wisconsin or whatever, it's extra supplies that you've placed along the road. And it's not super common, I wouldn't say. And there, there is some need for it in certain situations. I personally don't have a survival cache. I've used them before just to, to be able to see how long they would last and if they would be damaged by the water, if you're like burying it in the ground. But I could see, depending on who's elected and if, let's say, things keep going in a certain direction, not to get political, but I, I believe Biden is trying to make it where we're charged $200 for every what magazine. Every gun or every magazine over 10 rounds. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So let's just say we keep moving in that direction and now guns really aren't allowed or you have people coming to your door to do a check, you know, was that gun turned in? A survival cache could be used to hold ammo and guns in the backyard of your house or somewhere. So it's a good way to get things out of your house if there are going to be a search like that. Mm -hmm. You need to still make sure you have a a weapon to defend your family. Yeah. Um, I can see that being used in that scenario. Definitely. What about, so I'm just going to go over some of the stuff that you listed. So a smartphone for SHTF. I'm I'm assuming that's when shit hits the fan. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Okay, good. Um, Yeah, so that guide we wrote was basically to point out how useful a phone can be, even if there is no internet, data, cellular, Wi-Fi. Just because our phones, they're computers. So 
you can stock them full of PDFs. You can have like medical guides. You could have a whole array of different foragery tips for like what berries can you eat? What plants can you eat? So look at it as a, a reference, like an encyclopedia, all the stuff you can, you can store on it. You can download maps of your local area. Most phones have an AM or FM function built into it. Most of them don't have it turned on where like you, you can actually see an app, click it to play the FM radio, but they do have the FM modulator inside where you could download an app and actually use your phone as a, a radio. So if there, there is no internet or data, you could actually listen to the radio and get news updates on your phone. Hmm. I mean, there's so much to it. Ava, a phone is amazing for survival. You've got flashlights in it. They can make fire. You can use them to signal tons of stuff. And that's one reason why we wrote that guide. And, you know, think about phone cases, how you could actually take the phone case off and put some spare cash behind your phone case, put a razor blade. So, that's what I do now, just in case the date goes south or something. <laughs> I like or maybe a cyanide pill in the back there. Yeah, there you go. What about gasoline storage? Because I know right before COVID hit or when they started doing the stay at home order, and I'm like, I guarantee they're going to start limiting how much gas you can get so that people aren't traveling. I just had this. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah. I don't know. My mind goes to weird places sometimes. So I'm going to load up on gas. And this is the first time I've ever loaded up on gas. So I, of course, had to go and buy the stupid gas things that were super expensive because I think they gouged the price on those $30 a can. And then I look like a whack job because I'm at the gas station filling up these things. And then I'm hoping it doesn't spill in my expensive car. (laughs) But there was one guy that came up to me when I was filling up the cans. Hey, just make sure you put something inside the gas so that it doesn't go bad because it goes bad after 30 days or something. And I was just kind of like, yeah, okay, thanks. Didn't really pay attention, but figured if I didn't need it, I'll just put it in my car. And I wouldn't be keeping it for that long anyways. But how would you recommend storing gas? Does it go bad? Yeah, it can go bad. And like you said, it's as little as one month. But typically, your gas is going to be okay for usage in like lawnmowers and things like that for sometimes a year without any treatment. But within two to six months, you may start seeing some issues. But like you said, or like you mentioned, you want to add stabilizer to it. Okay. For every five gallons, you're supposed to have two ounces of stabilizer in your gas. And that could potentially add another year, about 14 months at the max, to how long that fuel will be good to use in a car or something. Hmm. So, yeah, you want to store up fuel. You want to make sure you're stabilizing your fuel. You want to make sure it's in a, an area outside of the sun where the sun's not making direct contact with the containers. And you want to make sure you're storing away from your house for safety reasons. So don't have it sitting in your closet underneath your staircase or something, but have enough fuel to be able to get to your bug out location and then some. So if your bug out location is a hundred miles away, you want to have enough fuel to get 150 miles. And obviously for the most part, a hundred miles you can drive anyway, which is what's in your tank. Right. Mm -hmm. But just think about different sort of scenarios where you may be having to take different routes and you could add additional needs for fuel consumption. Yeah. That makes sense. What about bartering and scavenging? This is another one of those kind of after things have gone really bad. Yeah, because figure money doesn't really mean anything. It's essentially just paper at that point. Yeah, that's another thing. A lot of people think gold is going to be the item we trade. But I mean, I couldn't tell you how much three and a half ounces of gold, how much that's worth. And I don't think the average person could either. So I just don't see, I don't see the whole gold thing being used for trading. But 
if things are bad and we can't go to the store and use cash and maybe stores aren't available, you are going to be forced to barter and trade with, you know, maybe neighbors, maybe friends, maybe random people you come across. But the whole scavenging aspect is like, maybe you do need antibiotics and you're having to scavenge from a pharmacy that was looted a couple of weeks earlier. And maybe you understand that, you know, antibiotics can save a life, but everyone else who just looted, they looted like, you know, pain medication, things that Mm -hmm. aren't so much abused or I'm sorry, you know what I mean? Yeah. So Yeah, definitely. Basically just stuff that you would actually really need to survive on that people need as opposed to gold, which, you know, depending on the way that things are going to turn, gold, you're assuming that there's going to be something where people in the future can use that to buy something. But if it doesn't have any, what's the word that I'm looking for? If it's not going to add to survival, like yeah. some people may be like, man, I need food right now. What am I going to do with this gold? That you're exactly. I don't, I don't care if it's a thousand pounds of gold. I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, yeah. And then the whole bartering thing, when you're actually trying to make a deal with someone, you're trying to get rid of stuff that they really want or they think they need, but you're actually getting rid of stuff that you don't need. So this could be things like cigarettes. You don't need cigarettes to survive, but this other guy who's gone two weeks without a smoke and he's got something that you really need, trade him cigarettes for mm-hmm. something for his gasoline or his solar panel or something that could actually be used to improve your condition. Yeah, definitely. That's a good point. All right. Any future plans that you can share with listeners? I know you said that you're writing a book and that it's going to come out in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. The worst case scenario, first aid guide. It's available for pre-order now on our website, and I expect it to release in the coming weeks. We've worked with 10 different folks, a lot of doctors and search and rescue folks. So it's not just me writing it when I do these guides. You know, I'm, I'm bringing in experts from all sides. So I think it'll be a really useful guide. And what kind of got me into it was after hearing about the civil unrest, how they were blocking ambulances and yeah. uh, blocking the entrances at an ER hospital. And I was like, you know, what if this was something where you just really couldn't get an ambulance or mm-hmm. you couldn't go to the hospital. I wanted to kind of offer um, medical advice. Yeah, no kidding. To help folks out a little bit. But that's what's next on my horizon. Other than that, we're just waiting for the state to reopen and get back to life as normal. So You think that'll ever happen? I think we'll know a lot more. I could probably answer you next week. Mm, okay. Yeah, I know. That's true. All right. Awesome. So can you just remind listeners where they can find you online? Yeah, guys. So you can go to Super S-E Straps. That's S-U-P-E-R-E-S-S-E Straps. And you can find us on Instagram as well under the same name, Super S-E Straps, or Practical Prepping on Instagram. Moving forward with the show, we're going to talk about IWI real quick. If you're in the market for an AR-15 right now, I highly recommend checking out the new Zion 15. The Zion 15 is available as a 12.5 pistol or 16-inch rifle, which comes with pretty awesome features for an MSRP of $899. Both feature free-floated M-Lock handguards, 4150 chrome molly barrels, and a Magpul P-Mag. The rifle version comes with a B5 system stock and grip, while the pistol version comes with a B5 grip and the always popular SBA3 brace from SB Tactical. Both are direct impingement guns made here in the U.S. in Middleton, Pennsylvania. Check those out and other great guns at iwi.us 
While you're there, if you see any accessories that you like, don't forget to use that code GUNFUNNY15. That gets you 15% off, and that is, again, at iwi.us. Now it's time to move on to political AF. Politics. What is going on in the world today? It's political AF. Before we get into it, this is recorded after the show, so Wesley will not be joining us. Instead, here today with us is Jon Snow, and I think I'm just going to make him a regular to talk about all of the political stuff since he's always so up to date with all of the information coming in. Today, we're going to talk about the networks declaring Biden as president, even though states are still counting. So the election is far from over. John, what can you tell us so far about everything going on? This has certainly been an insane election for 2020. Yeah, Surprise no kidding. There. Yeah. But quite honestly, I'm not surprised. There's some very serious questions as to whether the outcome of the vote that we've seen so far is actually legitimate, Mm -hmm. whether there's any truth to any of it, investigation needs to happen. But when I went to bed on election night, they had halted vote counting in the four remaining battleground states that President Trump at that time had very wide leads in. He had over a 700,000 vote lead in Pennsylvania when they halted counting and decided they were going to wait until the next day. They did the same in Michigan and Wisconsin and Georgia and Nevada, of course, already behind. They took their sweet time. But essentially what they did there was he was ahead by more votes than many states that had already been called for Biden. And what they did was very deliberate there on the part of the networks was they wanted to stop the political momentum that would say later in court, he had been declared the winner because he was well ahead by much more votes than many of the other states that are already called. By doing that, then overnight, 4 a.m., suddenly we see hundreds of thousands of votes influx for Biden. And Biden's now ahead in Wisconsin. He's ahead in Michigan. And the leads narrow and they keep narrowing as the days keep counting. Now, I saw on election night quite a few things from different people that I follow that if you're looking at mainstream media anymore, you really can't trust what they say. We've all seen so many times over the last year, especially how they falsify the narrative to what they want. Mm -hmm. And I've seen things in person and then seen the coverage, and it's just not reality what they portray. There's a number of individuals that I've been following over the last year, and they are very unbiased, and they just report what they see. And I saw multiple reports of votes being deliberately cast out that were for Trump. I saw instances where poll counters were being observed by the guards that were there to make sure everything was fair. And yet you saw them filling in tick marks for Biden. You saw all of the instances in multiple states where Sharpies were handed out to fill in ballots instead of ballpoint pens. They've come back and said, oh, no, the bleed through on that does not cause a problem for the voting machines. And yet I've seen multiple instances where people witnessed them going through and it did not count them. There's just so many things that are suspect with this election especially in the battleground states where they locked out observers. They wouldn't let them in to observe, even though they were legally required to. Michigan, the area where they were counting a bunch of ballots, 
they actually put boards up so people couldn't see inside the windows. There was absolutely no reason to block off the windows. If things are being done above board, why hide it? Yeah. When things are done in secret, there's a reason. I know multiple people that saw firsthand in Georgia, Pennsylvania, and Michigan, where they saw suspicious looking vehicles and trucks pull up with lots of ballots in the middle of the night. There's a lot of very suspicious activity that's happened in these battleground states. I had been suspicious for months now that we were not going to have a fair election. And I think that's exactly what we've got. I think they rigged it. Quite honestly, though, I think they expected a much bigger amount toward Biden than they ended up with because Trump supporters or not necessarily Trump supporters, but people tired of all of the stuff that's been going on that all of the liberal states have been mandating showed up in record numbers. One thing that was really interesting, every minority demographic turned out in record numbers and voted for Trump. If he was really the racist that they make him out to be in the media, how does that happen? It's just not possible for record numbers of minorities to vote for a guy that is racist. I mean, come on. I would have thought that all those votes would have went to Kanye West, but you know. (laughs) (laughs) I saw a really awesome meme where Kanye refused to concede the election. Yeah. (laughs) Demanded a recount. Yeah, the whole thing is just legit a dumpster fire. Right now, what we're seeing is the media is declaring Biden as president, but the media obviously has no right to declare presidency. They're still obviously counting ballots. Nothing is set in stone just yet. And it's just frustrating to see. And I think that a lot of people that aren't following this are already thinking that Biden is president when he's not. There's just, yeah. I don't know, there's definitely a lot of fraud. It sucks because I can't help but think during all of this, it just kind of seems like we live in a third world country. And the amount of hatred and all of the things going on, this is stuff that you would see in other countries where there's a lot more fraud than I would like to think that there is in the U.S. And I would like to think that people's votes are typically counted. And a lot of people's votes are not being counted. A really good way to see if your vote was counted is, I know in Colorado, there's a way I could go online and see if my ballot was accepted. Is that the case for everyone? It's different between certain states. I think it's also different between if you were to mail it in, drop it off at the drop box or vote in person. So obviously voting in person was definitely probably the best thing that you could have done. But as you said, people are handing out Sharpies, which is basically setting them up for failure. But I know that I could track mine. So if you guys are able to, I would definitely encourage you to go and see if, if your ballot was counted. I think what's most frustrating is there's really not a lot that we can do at this point. No, at this point, it's all up to the courts. One of the things that is really troubling on it is in Michigan, the tabulation software that they use to count the votes, they have these machines that they scan the filled in ballots Mm -hmm. and it tabulates them and puts them in a database. And that computer then communicates that to another computer at the head election place for the state. A county in Michigan, the county worker there that was running everything, was shocked because the county had gone Biden, and it was a very conservative county. And so they manually reviewed and found that 6,000 Trump votes had been declared for Biden. This was supposedly a software glitch. They have since blamed the county worker for not updating the software. 
as an engineer, I write machine code and work with machines. Glitches don't work like that. The same kind of glitch happened in Georgia because this same software, so this software is called Dominion. It's used in 47 counties in Michigan out of the 83 counties. That same software is used in just about every battleground state. And in Georgia, there were at least two instances that were discovered where, again, it counted votes to Biden, not Trump. There was a software update that was sent out either the day before or the day of the election. And they're blaming that on the glitch. Hmm. Interesting. If it counts all towards one guy, it's not a glitch. Yeah, exactly. But proving any of that, ultimately what it has to come down to is, like you said, Networks have no authority to declare who won the election. They have projected who is winning, but they're playing political games at this point. The votes now are so much closer than every one of these states that they have declared for Biden is now closer than Trump was ahead by a massive amount in comparison. Mm -hmm. And one of the other things that's really troubling is Pennsylvania the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania allowed an extension of mail-in ballots for received up to three days after, as long as they were postmarked by election night. Yeah, which is such... I know against the law. It is. And I know here, you had to have your ballots mailed in by a certain date. And that's how it should be across the board if now suddenly everyone wants to implement this whole mail-in voting BS. But it should have been mailed in. It's not like a bill where if it was postmarked before the due date, then it counts. Yeah. It's one thing if you actually change the law beforehand through the legislative process. It's an entirely different thing if you decide, oh, well, we want to extend this. We're just going to allow it. That's not how laws work. You have to follow the law or laws are meaningless. Another thing, there was large numbers of military ballots in Pennsylvania that were all for Trump and they were found in the trash. I saw tweets that were later deleted from people who were working the counting and they were vowing in their tweets that they would throw out all Trump votes. It's just disgusting the things that we've seen in this. The voting process has to be transparent. It has to be fair. doesn't matter who the vote is for. All votes, if they're legal, need to be counted. We've got states where it's been reported that there are more votes than registered voters. Again, that's a problem. We've got tons of deceased people that apparently voted in some of these places. It's going to have to go to the courts. President Trump has vowed he's not going to concede until they determine what the actual legal count is. And I hope he continues to fight that. Unfortunately, the media is just absolutely demonizing him for it. Mm -hmm. And they're just very coordinated across the board from how they went about this in all of the polling centers to the media censorship leading up to this. I mean, in the last week, I saw thousands and thousands of conservative pages that were just deleted without warning. And anybody that still was up, their content was actively suppressed to where you wouldn't see it unless you actually went looking for them. It's yeah. really disgusting things that have happened since then. Since they have now declared that Biden is the winner, we've got people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and many others. She's just one of the most prominent ones. They're saying we need to compile a list of all of the people that supported Trump, who voted for Trump, 
And they basically have decided that they want to actively try to ruin everyone's lives because they accuse us of being hateful and trying to ruin people when we just want to be left alone and let everybody prosper and better themselves. Mm -hmm. But they actively want to get people fired, prevent them from ever being hired again, just ruin their lives. And it's just disgusting. Yeah, definitely. Yep. What a time to be alive. Yep. On that note, if you guys are on Parler, P-A-R-L-E-R, I'm going to become more active on that platform. And Parler is definitely a lot more conservative. There's no censorship. And I've noticed that, well, I think we were talking about this before the show started, that it's been the number one downloaded app in the last couple of days because I think everyone's just kind of sick of it sick of the censorship. And I can't help but continue to say that I feel like we're in a third world country. We're constantly just taking steps back. And a lot of the things that we worked hard for are no longer. Yeah, this is another reason why I'm just so glad I don't have kids right now, to be honest with you, because the direction the world's taking is just a direction that I would want to bring anybody into. Yeah, exactly. The level of censorship is very close to the level of communist China. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They have taken control. Big tech, we've always known that big tech was in control, but big tech has completely lost all sense of fairness. Yeah. If you don't follow their rules, if you don't follow their thought, they are just suppressing and eliminating you. So yeah, part of number one app that's being downloaded in the last few days. That's big because people see the writing on the wall. They recognize that big tech is not going to let us keep saying what we want. And it's just sad because we need to stay on those platforms because without being on other platforms, we have no reach to grow exactly. and try to reach other people. Yeah. And you could say, all right, let's just do away with social media. But social media is definitely important as far as reaching a large mass. And I think they realize that. So yeah, yeah. That, that's exactly it. I get more news now from social media by knowing people who are actually unbiased Mm -hmm. on there that I can follow than you will ever get from mainstream media. Yeah. It's incredibly sad what they are doing. Yeah. And unfortunately, President Trump, he really was, I don't really care for him, Mm -hmm. but he was the only guy who had the balls to stand up to them and try to rein them in. And they have just come after him for it. Yeah. This is the outcome. Yep. I hear you. All right, John. Well, thanks so much for joining us. And we're going to move forward with the show. And before we do so, we're going to talk about Manicore Arms real quick. If you have a Tavor SAR or X95 and you ever want to run it suppressed, you need to go check out Manicore Arms Gasketed Port Cover. The three-piece design includes a compressible gasket that gets sandwiched between two pieces of aluminum that you can install on the right or the left side depending on your ejection port configuration. This stops the gas blast from hitting you in the face if you're running a suppressor. It's really one of the essential comfort products for the Tavors if you've ever ran it suppressed. It also includes a built-in QD sling pocket, so you get that extra feature as well. All the hardware and tools you need to install it are included for only $47.95, but 
Don't forget to use that code GUNFUNNY15. You get 15% off of that cost as well as anything else on the website. And that is at manicorearms.com. Q&A. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. Visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours. What are you going to be for Halloween? So figure Halloween probably already happened by the time this show comes out, but I don't mind sharing what I was for Halloween. Wesley, do you want to go first? Are you dressing up at all? I actually just had a Halloween get together last night and I did dress up. Yes. What did you dress up as? So it was a weak time in my life when my wife caught me trying on a dress. Oh, boy. So I actually went as Amy Coney Barrett and I walked around with the whole blank notepad and everything. If anyone is familiar with that. Whole yeah, thing. that's funny. So I was I was I was Barrett last night. Nice. I like it. What are you going to be or have you already dressed up? No. So I got together with my cousin who moved here, her and her husband, and then my other cousin She's flying in and we've decided we, because I'm kind of just done with being the slutty or whatever. I'm getting older. I'd rather be creative. So we kept thinking originally we're like, oh, we'll be a six pack of Corona, but it'll say Corona and then (laughs) virus 2020. And then we're like, that's okay. But then we decided that we are going to be a dumpster fire. So it's going to say waste management 2020. We made a big dumpster for us all to get into our hair. We're going to wear these flame wigs. And then we're going to be covered in trash bags and it's going to have everything bad that 2020 brought on. And uh, yeah, I think it'll be pretty funny. We're hoping to break the internet. And then I don't know what we're doing after (laughs) that. (laughs) My friend is having a party, but here the governor, not to say I really abide by what he says, but he doesn't want people more than like 10 people gathering. It has to come from like two different households and I'm just like, yeah, okay. Meanwhile, this party that my friend's supposed to have, he's like, there's so many people coming. I don't even know who, but I don't know if I'm going to do that or not. I don't know. I think I'm a little too old sometimes for parties. And I do think COVID exists. I don't want to really get sick. I don't think it's as bad as people are making it out to be. But if I could avoid getting sick, then I have to fly out in two weeks to go to Georgia for the Big Daddy Unlimited shoot. There's that, but we'll see. But you guys, I will have posted pictures of it. So head on over to Ava Flanell underscore or Gunfunny Podcast and you will see my Halloween costume. Are they going to get to see yours? Did you post yourself in the dress? (laughs) I'm sure someone took a picture, but I I tried to intervene every time a picture was taken. But I I know it's going to surface one day. (laughs) Nice. And I will not post it, but who knows if if it ever becomes public for y'all to see. (laughs) All right, Tacti Talk. Tacti Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. X2 Development Group releases new ambidextrous charging handle. You might say, oh, another ambidextrous charging handle. Big deal. But there are several pretty unique things about this one. First, the extended levers that release the charging handle are inverted compared to how you normally release a charging handle. That means that grabbing the outside edge of the handle will not release it. The reason for that is to prevent the bolt from being unintentionally pulled back if the charging handle snags on the gear when you're moving around. Instead, to release, you pull the levers towards the inside of the levers to release them. And the shift in design also reduces lateral stress on the shaft of the charging handle to make for smoother charging all around. 
That's pretty cool. I'd have to get my hands on it to really determine if if it is all that or not, but it's kind of cool. I think, you know, and, and the best part is, is there's AR-15 and AR-10 versions available. Definitely have to check those out. Made from 7075 aluminum. Are you, are you right-handed or left-handed? I'm right-handed. I'm actually left-eye dominant. So that kind of, that's an odd thing. I have to kind of fight through that and get rid of, or I kind of, I fight through it and try to uh, focus on my muscle memory because yeah, it's a little weird. Yeah. I, I don't know many people like that. Yeah. Actually, they say 35% of the population's like that. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. As an instructor, <laughs> I see it all the time. I'm always like, okay, okay you're left-handed. <laughs> okay. And then they're right-eye dominant. I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> okay. So yeah, <laughs> makes things a little bit more difficult. You get used to it, though. Palmer 80. I'm actually going to be seeing those guys this week in Georgia at the Big Daddy Unlimited Epic Shoot. I'm excited to see what they'll have and just excited to meet up with those guys and catch up. But in the meantime, uh, I was on their website. And if you've built a P320 with one of their PAD, PF320 PTEX grip modules, you need to go check out the Magwells for them. Polymer 80 worked with Steel City Arsenal to develop the Magwell with everyday carry in mind. It's precision machine from 6061 T6 aluminum and hard anodized to limit wear. The Magwell gives you a wider opening that funnels the mag in for faster reloads and a style to make your PF320 PTEX grip module look good while not being too large for everyday carry. If you guys want to check out their stuff, head on over to Palmer80.com. Don't forget to use that code GUNFUNNY. You'll get 15% off your order. All right, AF segment. Stupid, funny, cool, interesting, awesome, as f- Never mind. AF. New Hampshire woman poses as prosecutor to get her case dropped. Lisa Landon of Littleton faced charges in three separate criminal cases last year, including drug and stalking charges, and took an unusual approach to try and beat the system. She allegedly posed as a prosecutor and then falsified records related to drug and stalking charges and used the state's electronic system to file the fake documents in the cases. What? Through the state's electronic system, she got the charges against her dropped. Her plan hit a snag, though, when a forensic examiner, who was supposed to perform a competency evaluation on her, noticed the charges were dropped. The examiner later contacted the actual prosecutor in Hillsborough County to confirm if the evaluation was still necessary and her ruse was revealed. Landon is also accused of falsifying a judge decision to waive a filing fee in a lawsuit she filed against the county and faked an order in a child custody case involving her child and a family member. Man, it's crazy. People go to this extreme. Why can't they just go to that extreme just to be like a decent human being? I feel like they didn't mention the fact, well, not the fact, I don't I don't know anything about this case other than what you just told me, but I feel like she has to work in the court system or as a legal aid or something that what she did, you can't just as a normal person do that. Yeah. She would obviously have to have the knowledge of how to do it. The I wouldn't. And the access and the login and all that stuff. She she worked somehow or another in it and decided to use her position to help get her out of this little race yeah. there. True. 
basically, yeah, be careful who you hire, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> all right, moving forward, it's time for iTunes reviews. We are all out of iTunes reviews. So guys, if you haven't written an iTunes review, please do so. Head on over to iTunes. If you have an iPhone, just go onto the iTunes app and it's really easy. Just search for the show and then you can review it there. First review is from Michael Hinman, titled Best Podcast Ever. Keep Tickles Happy Five Stars. I finally caught up on all the podcasts from Gun Funny available and I don't know what to do with myself now. As someone oh, new cool. to the world of guns in 2020, that's a lot to catch up on. Figure that's this like is a, what, 160 something year old? 167, yeah. Wow. As someone give new him, to give give this guy a sticker. Jeez. <laughs> well, that would be my first question, but here we go. As someone new to the world of guns in 2020, I've learned so many helpful tips and advice from the show and all the guests. Keep up the amazing work educating new people like myself. Also, Tickles is my new role model. Second review is Lardicus is King, titled Always Entertaining, five stars. I've been listening to Ava for a couple of months now and always find her content informative and entertaining. Gun Funny is my only reason to look forward to Mondays. Keep up the great work, Ava. All right, Wesley. So out of those two, you have to pick somebody to win a prize pack. I feel like you already did, but now that you heard the second review, who's it going to be? Yeah, Michael needs that sticker. All right, Michael. Michael actually or whatever whatever prize pack you're sending. He just listened to 167 podcasts. So. Yeah, no kidding. He recently became a patron, so I gotta believe that he found the show not too long ago. So that's a hell of a lot of listening to do. And it's I like when you it's like when you come across a show on Netflix with like five series or yes. five seasons and you've never watched it before. I'm sure that's how he was when he came across you and he's like, I got 167 of these to listen. Right. It's exciting times. No kidding. Yeah. And then unlike Netflix, though, I don't tap in every now and then like, hey, bud, you still listening <laughs> to the show? Yeah, my life sucks. OK, I'm still listening. No, <laughs> mm -hmm. not to say that your life sucks. But typically when I go on these like Netflix, like ugh, I just watch all the series in a row and I'm just like, yep, this is what I'm doing all day today. Wasting my life away. Just watching <laughs> TV. Whereas I'd like to think that my show's a little more informative than Netflix. So. All right, guys, it's time to Absolutely. wrap up. So uh, you can find me at gunfunny.com. If you guys are interested in buying calendars, this is your once and only opportunity to see me as a gun bunny. This is going to be a pretty funny calendar, but yeah, one and only opportunity. Otherwise, if you want just the regular professional Ava, there's a calendar for that too. Just head on over to gunfunny.com and you'll see in the menu bar where you can purchase that. If you enjoy the show and you would like to support the show, you could even do a one-time donation or you can become a monthly supporter. I've kind of steered away from Patreon. If you guys are still Patreon supporters, I'm not deleting my Patreon. I just decided to put it on my website just to cut out the middleman and I don't really like relying on Patreon. So if you guys want to do that, head on over to gunfunny.com and select the support the show link in the menu, or just click on the link in the show notes. If you are a current Patreon and you switch over, just remember to delete your pledge on patreon.com forward slash gunfunny. Also, Blown Deadline is giving away a $300 gift certificate every month to a lucky Patreon. Also, $5 and up patrons get a Patreon-only patch after three months of becoming a patron. This will never be for sale. So if you have this patch, it shows that you were dedicated to the show. Also want to thank the $25 patrons who are Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran 8888, Ryan Morrison, Elliot and Mike Pappas, Joe Lyons, Justin Paulson, 
Jason Anderson, Joshua Hamp, Sportsman's Guide, Daniel Treadwell, Star Wars 77, Ralph Anthony, and Melissa Ridings. King of the Patreon is still Jon Snow. He wants me to say, in Pamplona, Spain, the people may be running from the bulls every year, but the bulls are running from Operator Tickles. (laughs) Operator Tickles is my dog, by the way. All right, Wesley, thank you so much once again for joining me and for all of your knowledge and definitely look forward to your book coming out. Sounds like there's definitely a lot of information in there that everyone needs to know. Can you just remind people once again where they can find you on the internet and where they can purchase your book? Yeah, so you guys can go to com or find us on Instagram, straps. It's S-U-P-E-R-E-S-S-E. And I've, I've enjoyed being on the show, Ava. So if, if you ever also need a shout out or you have some giveaway going on or some event you need some extra uh, exposure on, we're happy to work with you on that. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. All right. On that note, we are out of here. Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.